Say, friend, do you prefer your podcasts on vinyl? Try Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John. Hello. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week is, uh... Give me a moment to pull up the notes. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week is, If the internet access was going to be permanently cut off tomorrow, what would you spend your time downloading? Books. Uh, probably music. Yeah, definitely music. Just like everything I would listen to on Spotify ever and just yeah. download all of it. Podcasts. <laughs> the entire Better Buddies discography. <laughs> hey, I've already I'm... got the entire Buddy Better Buddies discography. Dude, you should get CDs. Is what you should do. You should burn them on. CD- Better yet, I should burn CDs. Dude, yeah, put them on vinyl. Actually, you should put them on vinyl. Is what you should do. Dude, <laughs> I don't think anybody's done that with a podcast yet. I put it on a CD. To my podcasts on vinyl. I think it gives a richer, fuller sound. We could yeah. corner the audio snob market. <laughs> we seriously could. We're gonna completely just. Uh, we're going to use modern technology to go back 20 years. <laughs> um, you're still on vinyl. That's kind of I'm awesome. on wax cylinders. <laughs> it's impossible to decipher what they're saying, but it makes it that much more joyous and worthwhile when you do. I love that. We'll just go full back. Well, hell, we could even just go all the way back to... We could just have... We could all occupy... Well, we all have to live in the same town. Then we all just occupy a street corner. Oh no, 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 we no! Talk on it. But before Break we do that, yeah. you got to get to the telegram stage. Oh yeah. Still an audio podcast, just beeps and boops. Yep, we're telegramming it. Oh man, that'd be pretty fun. That'd, that'd be edition. something. That's that's like a Patreon stretch goal kind of thing. Is like, if we get to 10,000 Patreon followers, we'll do a podcast episode that is entirely in Morse code. <laughs> entirely in binary. I will learn Morse code and or binary to do this successfully. Um, What was that, like, universal language? Esperanto? Oh, yeah. Esperanto. In Telegraph and Esperanto. Like, wow. Wow, we're gonna telegraph Esperanto. Yeah, that'd be insane. Yep. In 2023, oh, how, <laughs> hitting how every mark. How do we translate the podcast, an audio-only experience, to American Sign Language? Um, very, very violently, I would say, <laughs> aggressively, the, violently. The, yeah, ag- aggressively. <laughs> Through the medium of video, I presume, but tactile, is, actually. Well, mainly well. do one of those things where you, like, push the pins up and it forms the shape of whatever's pushing the pins <laughs> on the other side, you know? Um, and Wait. we'll just 
put memory. We'll put a little motor behind that. We'll encode the podcast into memory on the motor, and then what? it'll push pins up in Braille, too. Hang on, though. Um, <laughs> John, John, there's a small problem with that. What? If they use American Sign Language, they're not blind. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what right. this was going to so sign good. language. Like, it was going to display the finger gestures, but, uh... Yeah. <sighs> okay, we're mailing out flip books. In, in, oh, to, to your credit that. a little bit, John, I was about to say, well, if we're going to send them the little, like, peg thing with a motor that puts it up, why don't we just send them sheets of Braille? And that's when I realized, wait a minute. <laughs> they couldn't read Braille. Well, they might. They Fair. don't have to. True. Um, yeah, that's my bad. I think we should have someone transcribe all of the audio from every episode of this podcast in Braille so that we can reach a whole new market of people. Has anyone actually ever done that? Um, like, I don't know if they go all the way to Braille, but we should <laughs> definitely transcribe this podcast. Wait, Is James, there... James, why would you need what? to transcribe it to Braille? It's already in audio format. Uh, oh, you're right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep forgetting. So oh. We are. Wow. We <laughs> just did the accessible s- podcast on the internet. Jeez. <laughs> we did the same thing twice. <laughs> Listen, we're not business geniuses, all right? We're only entertainment geniuses. Where okay, we need a manager. Reality video. Where's my augmented reality game of a podcast? Yeah, I want to be exactly. able to walk around we're... with a GPS map and collect little podcast tokens. Where's my little immersive experience? <laughs> Environmental storytelling. <laughs> Let's RG... build an entire open world game and just Base. have a Better Bodies podcast episode cut up into like 40 different audio logs all scattered throughout the game. And that's the only point of playing, to listen to the podcast. I love that. We you know what that. they that. It made me think, though, one, okay, definitely a monetizable concept, and more importantly, a very fascinating one to explore, an open-world Better Buddies game. We'd completely, uh, would completely support that. Two, oh. you know what they should do for GTA? I, I'm sure there's maybe a mod that lets you do it, but like, they should literally let you upload your own audio files to play on a radio station. Like, How have they not done that yet? Uh, because people would upload copyrighted material. So, there's copyright material already on the GTA radio. Yeah, but the GTA radio has copyrighted material they paid for. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> would, would it be f- what if it was, like, user-generated? I don't know. Like, I, I'm just, that, that's like, the problem would they really... generate in those aspects, though, is the, like, they can't police mo- efficiently enough people not uploading copyrighted content they don't have rights to. Mm, it just seems, like, if you already own the game... Like, who cares, right? Like, who cares if a kid who bought the game, like, uploads, like, uh... Well, uh, is it into just your version or into the online? It would be, I guess it would be, you would turn the feature off for online. It would be on your version of the game, Mm. I would say. is like, so it's native to you. Or, or we just lobby, um... Uh, Rockstar to let us have our own channel and then next probably GTA just game. a mod, but we should also lobby Rockstar to give us uh, our own channel. Yeah, come on, Rockstar! What the heck? Is that a partnership? They'll have to pay us for the content, though. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, we're doing the yes. work for them. They, they, we're, hell, we're cheaper than a lot of other people they'd pay for, so. Yeah, exactly. I would just, I just okay. think it'd be funny just to put, just to put it on GTA. I think, uh, I, th- I think it's worth it for this the is, joke. This random internet podcast that is probably the most generic podcast to ever podcast. But that's why it's perfect. It's it's almost a GTA podcast already. Better Buddies sounds like something that would be that's in Grand true. Theft Auto, it, uh, the Grand Theft Auto radio. It does, but we're not crude enough. You know what I that's mean? That's true. We'd have yes. to become crude. Or, <laughs> yes, not I mean, yet. James is one third of the way. One third of us the way there. So, thank you. I'd like to think that I I'm a GTA character come to life in some respects. So I'll I'll take that. I'd also like to say though, I would say that perhaps it'd be the fact that we're not as crude as GTA that would be part of where the comedy comes from. That it is just like a randomly like quote unquote somewhat wholesome goofy show that is also sort of like just on the gta radio uh, i think so that's kind of funny like the, it'd be like the saccharine or the saccharine like a little too sweet little too sugary little too helpful and honest and happy and upbeat and then like they're blazing away with guns and street races yeah kind of i mean like i i think you could just yeah like i think that's funny but i honestly think it'd be better if you literally just like if they literally just took a random internet podcast that was like a group of people who are just like talking, they never expect to be heard. And it's like, they're just all of a sudden on like the GTA radio. I think that's almost funnier than something that's made to be like overly saccharine or like satirical. Like the idea of some of the conversations that we have had, um, whether they're sweet or humorous or whatever playing over like, the carnage or even just somebody like driving in gta i think somebody's would be just driving like, in gta robbing a bank and meanwhile we're explaining the plot to kingdom hearts yeah yeah kingdom hearts <laughs> are like doing doing the the grinch christmas bit the grinch oh rick and God. morty bit is would be a great that's a great bank heist uh backer you i know forgot what I mean? about the rick and morty grinchmas Oh, I I okay, but I go back to it occasionally. I'm like, this might just be our masterpiece. <laughs> our <magnum> opus. <laughs> um, yeah, I would I would heavily lobby for us to be in the next GTA game. So we got to make it happen somehow. Maybe I'll visit Rockstar. You heard it, you heard it fans! All ten and a half of you, lobby Rockstar. Get us in. We we better buddies will be in GTA Six. Yes, it will. I, One of I, our. <laughs> I think the intersection of our current audience and the audience of GTA Five are two us. separate circles. It's it's us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <This is> just... <laughs> You don't know. Maybe one of those ten listeners is the CEO of Rockstar, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, true." Maybe his uncle works at Microsoft. <laughs> yes, maybe his uncle is Reggie. They don't own <laughs> Rockstar yet, do they? No, Not I don't think yet. so. <laughs> Could happen. I mean, if you're gonna, no. it's, it's basically just a betting game on which one they pick up next. Well, I mean, like, there's no way that they have the reserve. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess they're probably one of those profitable companies in the world, but at the same time, like, their acquisition was just approved by the EA, uh, EU as not being a monopoly. On what grounds? That it's not a monopoly. 
Oh, thank God. Well, at least the law is clear and explicit and detailed. <laughs> James, I saw uh, a fucking headline. What more do you want from me? Cool uh, flavor that uh, the current CEO slid the EU commission. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here's a nice 20-pound note or whatever you people use. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> what, are you going to stop us? You're the european union <laughs> what the hell have you ever stopped How's haven't that? you seen your eastern border you idiots <laughs> oh damn how's that gdpr stuff going oh wait yeah Ooh. oh man you know really i should be talking to germany because aren't they the ones who put the bill for everything <laughs> i think maybe that's a yeah <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, so this podcast too. Yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're now we're all we've always been, this has always secretly been a business podcast. I actually No, no, not business, baseless. Oh, baseless <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Those are, it's the same. It's the I, same. I lost it's control of this show like 5 minutes ago and I don't know how to get get it back. That's all right, RJ. Just um, <laughs> you know, you Ask ask nicely, maybe. The James. You shouldn't have to ask nicely if it's already up, yours. It was a it's trick question. Show. You're Sit right. Down. We're, we're getting Whoops. closer to the James? GTA threshold. Keep going, guys. Yeah, James, fuck you. Speak when you're spoken to. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> my favorite part about my wife's plastic surgery is she doesn't look like my wife anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that's a GTA uh, line, but damn. Oh. Isn't it, right? Like a little oh, bit? It's, it's totally something they'd say. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she's shockproof. Why have oh. we not started playing GTA again, by the way? You can do private servers online now, so no one will fuck with us. It's a we big should. game that takes a long time to download. Yeah, I they... say having just downloaded Jedi Survivor, which is equally as big. God. Fair. Blessed John, why throw no, these no, no. things out here? No, he's got a point. <laughs> we can. I've never played the campaign, to be honest. Of, of GTA. I started yeah. it and then fell off of it after, as soon as I got to whatever the crackhead's name was. Oh, um... Couldn't tell oh, you, I didn't play it. No, what is his name? Michael? Oh my no, god. I no, Michael's there's, the there's rich one. Trevor. It's Trevor. Yeah. Anyway. Michael, Trevor, and uh, who's Frank the other guy? Glenn, right? Yeah, Franklin, yeah. I think. The turtle, yeah. right? Yep, the turtle. Yep. <laughs> Franklin the turtle grew one. up and moved to yep. the city. He still has the yep. dog, though. We'll just replace all the GTA characters with other characters of the same name. Franklin yes. the turtle. Oh my god. My, Trevor, well, Mike... Who would Trevor be? Ooh. Who is a fictional character named Trevor? I don't think there are that many. There really aren't. Trevor Belmont. What about Michael? Oh, yes, Trevor Belmont. Ooh. There we go. So okay. it's Franklin the Turtle, Turtle Trevor Belmont, <laughs> and... Oh, uh, I keep going to Michael Scott, but I don't really know that I want to do we that. We could do Michael Scott. That's we awesome, actually. <laughs> okay. Much the same so thing, it's, right? it's... Yeah, it's... Um, it's <laughs> a game, a GTA game following Michael Scott, Trevor Belmont and, and Franklin, Franklin the, turtle. the Turtle. Wow. I Dude, would you watch know who Franklin I the Turtle is, again. right? Yeah, of course I knew who Franklin the Turtle is Just from the books sure. and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. I, I, I used to watch PBS. I think he had a show on PBS he or did. some kid's channel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in with the people. You know what I mean? I might be a vampire from the 23rd century, but I am well what aware century? of what these things are. I don't even know. <laughs> I came in. I think I don't even think I'm, I'm speaking in tongues right now. You know what I mean? We're riffing. It's like jazz. What if vampires aren't immortal, but they just age and experience time backwards? Oh, oh. You know, like wait. they're from the future. It's but like they're moving, Tenet. Yeah. They're moving in the opposite direction in time. I haven't but seen they... Tenet yet. So is it that oh, when no. you get bit and turned, you begin to age backwards and live through time backwards? I think no. it's... Then you'd just be your human self again. No, you know? you're... Yeah, you're moving... You don't... You don't <laughs> age backwards. You just, like... You just move through time backwards. You know. So what I mean? you stay vampire, but you physically, as a vampire, you begins to move through time backwards. Yeah, yes, you're right. Correct. That doesn't make any sense. So there's, there's two like, of you. It's <laughs> like a kickoff. There's point. human you, and then there's immortal you who is just living life. <laughs> yeah, you get to. And all actions you try and years in the future. <laughs> anytime you try and do anything you're basically undoing it the instant you do it because all of your actions are in the reverse flow of time mm-hmm. the entire rest of the world would functionally be unaffected by your actions up until the point where it's more like you're trying to predict what your actions will do going forward so you have to make the right actions to oh, result dude. in the quantum changes to history that will get you what you want as you move backwards yeah, it's you like tennis. I, I don't. <laughs> it's the ripple I? effect, James. It's the ripple effect, right? You throw a stone in a pond, the ripples go outwards, but they go outwards in all directions. RJ, I like you. Who am I? Who do I? Who do I look and or sound like? <laughs> Stephanie Meyer and or Christopher Nolan? I don't know this shit. I don't. So However, I think time traveling vampires. I think if we combine those ideas, is brilliant. The vampire the, st- is you're standing in a lake. And uh-huh. you want to feel the ripple, which means you got to throw the rock further away from you so that the ripple hits you. Because if right. you throw the rock, like, too f- in the wrong direction, you're not going to get the ripple. What, what does it have to do with tenant and or vampires? It's the quantum, quantum mechanics. Of being a you vampire that lives backwards not, in time. You don't. Get out of here. Continuing <laughs> to be baseless. Um, time is malleable semi-tangent but Uh uh, you guys have seen uh, what is it like it was Alien Covenant right yeah I haven't Um, haven't seen it I know of it there's like one scene they have the android and he's like the only one awake on the ship everybody else is in cryosleep what if we just employ vampires as our sublight navigators you know ooh can we trust them though? <laughs> oh no, but that's the thing. Know. That's how. You, so you got a ship full of, like cryosleep people. The vampires are the sublight navigators. But in cryosleep, you basically consent to have X amount of blood drained from you every day. So mm. like the machine just drains exactly the amount that you that is safe to remove from you for that day that you will continually replenish, and they pool all that blood together to feed the vampire. But doesn't your doesn't your metabolism slow down? So when like your ability to generate new blood also slow down with that? Minor yeah. detail. 
<laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's explained by the quantum mechanics. Yeah, no, 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 here's, here's what it is. Here's what it is. You just make sure <laughs> you, you figure out how much blood a vampire needs per day. Uh-huh. And you make sure to have the exact number of passengers on the shuttle that can provide that amount of blood. So that rules out potentially like small, small jobs, right? Because like, like if we're, are we thinking of like, if you need to be in cryo sleep, you're going to need a lot of people to well, make that jump so the vampire has enough food. You did say it was for sublight navigation. Yeah, but if we're in cryo sleep, right? Like, you know, yeah. for instance, like in Halo, you can, you can do sublight navigation, but it's like, it still takes like weeks to get somewhere. You mean faster than light, but it still takes weeks. Yeah. What's the, there's, I guess, there's what's big the difference? difference? Sub light. <laughs> sublight, sublight is like close to light speed, but still under it, right? Faster yes. than light would be faster than light speed. Yeah. So we're not talking necessarily then about FTL. We're talking about sublight. Yeah. Um, In a situation so get, where you would need something like competent to pilot the ship, but most mm-hmm. of the passengers are sleeping. Yeah, which would which would say that your your journey is probably like going to be a couple of weeks to like maybe a month. You know or what? More. You or know what? Media doesn't yeah. touch on enough. Yeah, or years. Off of this is mm. how an un, a society of the monsters would actually function. Everybody assumes a society of monsters would just fall apart and collapse, but, like, monster abilities have unique uses. Search and rescue teams made up of werewolves. Imagine it. That seems <laughs> not diverse enough, RJ. Yeah, RJ. What yeah, happened was. to this, <laughs> the swamp thing? Swamp things. He would want Big many foot. team members with many abilities. So you're, you're, okay, I'm selling, I'm preaching to the choir, I'm selling to the per, the, the consumers, we're good. Okay. Yeah, basically, I mean, like, I think it's, I think it's an interesting idea. Also, to be fair, though, like, isn't that the concept of, like, Halloween Town, or the Nightmare Before Christmas, or really anything to do with Halloween? Uh... All these monsters, usually. What, what, what's the one See... animated one about the witch, um... Here's, here's the real problem. Those films don't take it far enough, right? It's like, oh, the monsters all live in a happy society where they're not out murdering humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are productive members of society. But rarely are they ever actually productive members of society. And the society is built around the abilities those monsters possess. Did you okay. see Monsters, Inc.? <laughs> I, I, I would argue Monsters, Inc. doesn't either. I, I, <laughs> no, I can, I can see what you're saying. Like, but the thing is, too, for instance, so, like, for a werewolf, would it involve them turning back into a person, or are they always werewolf? Eh, uh, I don't know. Dealer's choice. Uh, I think it'd be interesting. There are werewolves, and then there are wolf men. That's the difference. Oh, all right. Okay, yeah, I like that. I think this is, uh, this is not a bad, not necessarily a bad idea. It's not necessarily the most original but if you take it to its like teleological end that is something that no one's ever done i do kind of like that idea i don't think it's never been done just very rarely done Uh, i won't give that caveat yeah that's fair that's fair where the fuck have we gone uh our next segment better buddies recommend (laughs) (laughs) yeah we recommend a piece of media to enjoy who wants to start 
I guess. I oh, James wants to could start. go. I can go. Um, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to speak to the speak inner to white the woman that lives in both myself and I'm sure everybody. Um, and I am going to suggest. Uh, I'm going to recommend. Um, Lana Del Rey's newest album which to be fair it's been out for I think about a month now but it's called Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard um, I'm also going to yes the, I'm also I don't know if I've ever actually recommended Lana Del Rey uh, before um, so this will also partially serve as a recommendation just for you to listen to Lana Del Rey uh, now most people are going to know her from her uh, hit summer single, I think from 2013 or 2014, uh, summertime sadness. Um, but, uh, Lando Ray is kind of, she's, she's been, uh, an, uh, an active musician for about 12 years now, uh, at least in a, in a kind of more debut or professional capacity. Although I believe she's been making music for a little bit longer than that. Um, I kind of think of Lana as sort of the um, she's sort of the photo negative or the the sort of uh, the the what is it the yin to Taylor Swift's yang. She is the the black to the white, um, the alternative to the pop. Uh, okay. she, her talent is significant. Uh, I think she's one of the best vocalists what, what, currently what's working. Her famous works. Because I feel like I should know, and uh, nothing's coming to mind. So again, it's like the song "Summertime Sadness." One of her most popular songs is the song called "Video Games." If you look up a Lana Del Rey song, you will know her voice. Like I, I guarantee you that you have heard her, even if you do not necessarily recognize her. She's like she's known for being very sort oh, of young, like, beautiful, um, Great Gatsby. Okay, there we go. That's that's currently my touchstone. That's the inroad. And it's, and so, you know, like her voice is, um, it's kind of like melancholic. It's known for being, uh, very kind of like both modern and yet very, uh, like feminine at the same time. Um, she balances like a lot of different tones yeah. in sort of, uh, like one performance. And I do think she is very, very, very talented. Um, she reminds me of almost of like, kind of like, uh, She's she's sort of a precursor to a Billie Eilish type where she has this very like full uh kind of like sultry plaintive um voice. She, if she was like in the 1920s she'd be like a lounge singer at a speakeasy. Um but she's known for being also a very singular <clears throat> how some people say an American voice. She sings a lot from a very kind of like a modern American perspective uh which is which is very fun to hear. Um and she's known for embracing sort of a a uh, a certain class of Americana um, that is palpable throughout a lot of her her both her uh, songs, which she often writes as well as produces, and the music videos, which she will often edit or at least have significant input on. Uh, and so, did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? <clears throat> Excuse no, me. I didn't know um, that. Well, you're about to find out, my son. Um, <laughs> almost close, but not not, not quite. Um, I'm more like a fun, 
distant uncle. <laughs> the one who goes on um, trips for a few months at a time because the parents don't want to tell you he's in jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, or I, yeah, exactly. Or I'm a wizard or I work for the CIA or, yeah. you know, whatever you, whatever you want to you know, put, or I'm a blues brother, you know, any of these things are possible. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, uh, did you know that there's a tunnel under ocean Boulevard is, I don't know what number album it is for her, but it's her most recent, uh, release. And in context, uh, towards the rest of her discography, it's, it's good. It's, it's nothing. It doesn't really change her format. It's kind of, um, a, a little bit of a repeat of what she's done before, but it's almost a little bit of a return to form, I think. Uh, and I'm not the biggest lot of fan, so I cannot speak to any of these things, uh, in serious degree. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt, but, um, I do think that, uh, she has like a few songs on this album that are really, really nice to listen to. And that's the thing too, is like, I'm not going to lie. There, there aren't a whole lot of Lana Del Rey songs I would say are fun to listen to. Um, but her voice is so unbelievably beautiful and sort of like variable and just, um, just, it's, it's really unlike anything that I've, I've heard, uh, before. And I, I, something you very rarely find i think in popular music where it's just this developed um two of my favorite songs from the album were uh fingertips and what is the other one grandfather please stand hold on i think it's literally like grandfather please stand on the shoulders of angels or something like that she has very like verbose sometimes articulate i was uh, was about to say she's she's uh, in the crowd of the joke of this sentence is a song title if you just let it go on for long enough yeah it's uh grandfather please stand on the shoulders of my father i think it is well he's deep sea fishing of my father (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it that's actually it well he's deep sea fishing yes Wait, wait seriously yeah. yeah, for real. Grandfather, please stand on the <laughs> shoulders awesome. of my father while he's deep sea fishing. Uh, yeah, so she's yeah, she's she's great. She's very unique. She's talented. James, can um, I ask a question? Sure. Have you listened to Phoebe Bridgers? I have actually. I have. Um, okay. I actually like Phoebe Bridgers. I'm not going to lie. I think Phoebe has a little bit more of a sort of like. How am I going to say this? Like an alt pop ethereal tone to her is what i would say uh lana's a little bit a little bit heavier she she's she's got a real kind of like a a real weight to throw around in her voice uh phoebe's a little little phoebe's kind of the yeah i i don't mean to uh haha i'm gonna make a pun on her name phoebe is sort of the bridge i would say between a billy eilish type and a lana del rey type she's Uh. a comfortable middle i would say but I, I like Phoebe Bridgers, and I think if you like music like Phoebe Bridgers, you will also find yourself liking Lana Del Rey. Um, I, I'm not going to lie; is like one final thing, and I, I, I really don't. Say. Yeah, I, I really don't mean this as sort of a uh, like. I'm not trying to dissuade anyone, and I'm not trying to place labels. Lana, if but you're she listening, is. This is just his opinion, not mine and John's. Yeah, this is my opinion. This is what I've heard from other people. Uh, like um to be fair a lot of young women have said this but i don't want this to discourage anybody from like trying to listen to her um she's known as a very a very 
feminine specific artist. Like a lot of young women listen to her because from what I've gathered, because she articulates like certain attitudes and moods that are like really specific to kind of like the way that they're perceiving and moving through the world. So I'm not saying like as a guy that you're not going to be able to like listen to her and enjoy her, but you may not get exactly uh, entirely what she's saying. I'm only saying that because I'm like listening to these songs and it's like, I understand the feeling to a degree, but I do feel that there's a lot of things I'm just missing out on, on a very like subconscious or, or even something deeper than that intuitive context. Um, but so I would thank give her you a for listen, bringing though. that up, James, because that I have a mini recommendation to sneak in on the back yeah. of that. Um, it is a song called labor. Uh, okay. and it is by Paris Paloma and hot damn. If it isn't in that same vein of like, this is centered around, like, like you said, like a female experience walking through the world, navigating and things, but it's literally all about, um, the, uh, all of the work that a woman does in a relationship and the refrain is, it's very much like all the, like, all the roles she plays, like a key chunk of the refrain is how is just lists off all the different roles that a woman can play in a relationship. If the guy is being use and abusive and just all the amount of emotional and mental and physical labor that goes into all the different roles that are expected of a woman. I'll give that a listen tonight. I just, I just put it at, I just went out of my Apple Music and put it on, so I'll. Uh, I think I'll give it a listen after this. Uh, after after we're done casting, but that sounds cool, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm it looking really, forward really to is. A, a friend showed it to me, and I was like, "Oh, this is a good song." But also, damn, those lyrics are—they're uh, not mincing words. That's what we like. Get right to the point. Cut to the bone. My actual recommendation is Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Volume Three. Go watch that shit. Hey, all right. Why? So, yeah, why? Don't know with with as minimal yeah, spoilers as possible. With minimal like. spoilers, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three does a good job of being a closed uh, the end of a book. Right, uh, Gun is done. Guardians of the Galaxy is as a whole franchise for the moment is done. They could do more, but they could do more with anything if they really want to. Look at the goddamn Alien franchise. Or Terminator. Well, yeah. I mean, they started... Uh, how they extended the Alien franchise is put prequels on it, which is interesting, but... Mm -hmm. um, um, I suppose that door's not closed either here, but... Mm -hmm. hey. <laughs> no, you make a good point, though. It, um, it kind of is because the characters don't come together until the first one. So it either way, it'll have to be about individuals if the mm -hmm. team yeah. splits apart, so... Um, but the the story is a little it it's good and an overall arc. the The weakness is probably how it bounces a little bit all over the place. But at the same time, the character work is solid enough, and things just move enough that it's not mm -hmm. gonna be like pull you out of it. Um, the effects are good, and I think it's probably the. 
I think it's the only film we've had from Marvel in a while that isn't setting something else up. Right? Oh, that's nice. Okay. That's a really good point. Like, this is the... Uh, much like... Captain America and Thor and Iron Man... Uh, maybe not so much Thor. Yeah, kind of Thor. But, like, each of the trilogies just finishes it off. In a way. But they, the other ones all kind of left it a little more open-ended of, well, it, we, we're, we, you, you know we have other phases going forward that this character is going to be involved in because we haven't done Avengers 2 yet. <laughs> or Avengers 3 or that whatever. With Guardians, because they are relatively removed, it really is like, hey, welcome to the... that We have told the story of Peter Quill and the Guardians of the Galaxy in these three volumes. The music choices are pretty good, um, and they do a good job of expanding side characters without distracting from the main group. Yeah, I would agree with all that. That's awesome. That's, uh, do you think they basically held that, um, like, I guess, like, what would you say is it's probably one of its, like, strongest points? as it relates to what made the first one successful. I think one of the strongest points as to how it relates to making the first one successful is it really keeps that core idea in the first... Because remember in the first one, there's the line where Rocket Raccoon's like, why the heck do we want to save the galaxy? And Peter Quill's response is, I'm one of the idiots who lives in it. Yeah. It really maintains, I think, that sense, right, of... These are people who are call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy because no one else has really stepped up to just, like, keep everything from getting destroyed. And, like, they're there to solve problems to, like, try and make things better because they have to be over there and live in it. So it's not, like, it's not so much the Avengers in terms of, like, oh, we're superheroes saving the world because that's what superheroes do or because we created this problem or... Uh, because I've got great responsibility. It's more the, we're a neighborhood watch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Uh, and I think it's also, too, the whole, like, f- the the family story continuation, right, of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 are these strangers come together, they save the galaxy, they form this bond, and they fly off to go have more adventures. And Volume mm-hmm. 2 is... They are having the adventures, and they realize they are a family. Like, this found family sense. And three is kind of that culmination of, this is what family does. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can explain this without spoiling. John, you got any help? Um, It just kind of shows their journey of how they care for each other, and... Just like how how they do grow into selfless heroes in their own right, um, and do what's right even when it's hard. Yes, it's cool. But yeah, that's my recommendation. You got something for us, John? Um, I'm gonna go with Tears some- of the Kingdom. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it something that's not Tears of the Kingdom? Um, I was thinking for a while. I could recommend something else, but uh, you know, it's new, it's fresh. It's the first podcast since 
it was released, or at least first one recorded since the game was released. Um, game's fun. You want to explain uh, for those who might not know what Tears of the Kingdom is? My I good do friend? not. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. If you're on oh the internet. God. You are bound to somewhat know at least, but it's it's the next iter- or latest um, iteration in the Zelda series, I, uh, Legend of Zelda. I have a story of how I of my acquisition of Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh, um, do tell. So yesterday, stop by Walmart. And I was getting, picking up some snacks, and I'm like, I'll check if they got Tears of the Kingdom in stock. Because it hadn't been in stock since, like, release day. It was not in stock. And I just okay. checked every time I was at Walmart to pick up other things to see if it was available yet. And it was available. It was there. So I went to the next aisle over and to find some, uh, some employees to help me. And there was these two guys, and I was like, hey guys, uh, are you able to help me with a video game case? And they're like, Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> And uh, as they're walking over, the one guy's like, guy number one tells guy number two, like, hey, uh, t- tell, tell him what you told me. Tell him what you told me. And guy number two's like, oh, yeah, I, I told him, like, in the next video game like that we get asked to help with is going to be Tears of the Kingdom. He's like, no, 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 tell him all of it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I said the guy, next one's going to be Tears of the Kingdom and that it'd probably be a guy in his 20s to 30s with a beard. And I was like, well, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Damn, dude. You yeah, got hey, they, profiled. They know their demographic. That's discrimination. You can sue Walmart for that. That's uh <laughs> that's yeah, that is profiling. But you got it. And here, I gotta ask, so John, you are for for as long as I've known you, you've kind of been my personal resident go to uh, uh Zelda is to you what Halo is to me. <laughs> So I, mean, I love Halo too, but yes, I'm a gigantic Zelda nerd. Yeah, so like I have to ask, like, what what draws you to the series? What do you think has drawn you since you were young? What keeps you here? And what do you think Tears of the Kingdom brings? Um mostly the puzzles and the music. Like in the in the past, the soundtracks are all phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. And I still listen to them today. And most of the music I know how to play on the piano is Zelda songs. Woo! Yeah, um, that's amazing. So the uh, two newest games are definitely different. Um, they're both open world games where they haven't been up until Breath of the Wild in 2017. Um, so that's a different feel. I really didn't like Breath of the Wild as much at first, but it's just a solid open world game at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um just the way they sprinkle in little overworld puzzles. So, like, as you're moving on to your next thing, there's just a million things to do in the world, but you have to discover them yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not inundated with map markers like you are in another game like Assassin's Creed or Uncharted or something. Yeah. Or Skyrim. I think that's honestly (laughs) one of the most impressive things about Legend of Zelda is the design, like, with Breath Breath of the Kingdom... Breath of the, Breath of the Wild, and I'm assuming Tears of the Kingdom, as I'm still in the tutorial area, is where they were just like, you know what? Fuck it, we're not doing ma- quest markers. Like, except for major quests. They will put a marker on your map, um, but there's no, like, waypoint compass at the top of your screen. Like, there isn't something like Skyrim. It won't just be, like, a floating waypoint in the world you look at. You actually have to check your map. You have to interac- interact with landmarks. Um... So it's like a nice balance between the world of old games like Morrowind, where they'll just give you a journal, 
you have to figure out like what the Odai River is and how far down you have to follow it to go to the mine versus just here's a quest marker, fast travel to it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have it's to a read nice, a map. Happy medium. Yeah. And this game's just so much fun. Um, this time around, they gave you new powers. Like, you can stick things to other things. <laughs> um, and it's just, like, the most fun sandbox experience. You get parts like wings and wheels and, like, flamethrowers. Oh my god. Um, and cannons. And you can just combine them in any way you want um, to solve the problems. Or oh, to fight awesome. enemies. Or to do, yeah. It's just, like... Build tanks. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's wild, and it's just such a joy to play. Wow! So, wow. What can I ask too? Because obviously, breath. Are is our Breath of the Wild and uh, Tears of the Kingdom considered in the same kind of like arc mm -hmm. since Skyward Sword, or are they a oh, new geez. sort of story the timeline? Oh, okay. um, technically, yes. It's kind of a cop out. They're set mm -hmm. so far in the future, it doesn't matter which branch of the timeline they come in. Okay. Um, so technically, yes, but really, no. There's okay. a, there's a lot of Easter eggs, like teasing. Oh, what what path did they take? But um, what is what is the through line then for these two games? Like, if you can just give a quick rough premise to to both. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, usually they follow a similar premise, but still. Yeah. So it's save the princess and both mm -hmm. of them. Um, first game, you wake up after being in a coma for 100 years. Um, kingdom was destroyed in the event that put you in a coma. And then it's all about going, defeating the big bad and saving the princess. Um, but, like, they have things around the map to help you get stronger along the way. But you can also just run in and do it, which is why it's one of the best speedrun games in the last decade. Um, wow. Like, you can literally yeah. just fucking book it to the final boss and beat the shit out of him with a stick in your underwear. People have beat the game in less than 24 minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Using glitches, but... Still, like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, but I think, it's super fun to watch. I think but. it's also worth noting that the game rewards you for playing the game when it gets to the final boss fight, though. Of like, if you do all the stuff you're supposed to, the final boss fight is not that hard. It is trivial. I was disappointed when I fought it, because it was too easy. But... I had done the work elsewhere to make it that easy. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of awesome, though, in a way. I guess like it's kind of true to life to an extent. It would be interesting if they had a mechanic that scaled up the difficulty of the boss commensurate with your uh, the work that you've been putting in before you go to fight. Them. Why would they you know do I mean? that, James? So, they Why would they not? I because would like it the makes option, it easier to but... fight when you first show up. <laughs> the easiest fight is if you skip the game well, and just fight the true. final boss. Okay, to be fair, I guess then at the very least there would be a parameter set in where the boss is like still di it's at a certain level of difficulty, and then once like I don't know if it if there's a sense in the game or like piece of code whatever the trips a trigger as soon as it knows that you've like surpassed that difficulty and will will like. You know, far surpass it so that it will like match scaling. you. I guess, like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a new game plus option called Master Mode, which is mm -hmm. a lot harder. Um, so 
there's kind of that option. Um, it's actually interesting how they did it, because if you do run straight to the castle, you still have to fight all the bosses you would normally have to fight, just in a gauntlet instead of separately. Oh. <laughs> so there's like four preemptive bosses and then the main big bad. Um, and then if you just go fight the big bad at the end of the game, you've already beaten the four bosses in their respective um, dungeons, so you don't have to fight them again. All right. Always so, yeah. there's that. It is just easy. Like, you chip away at the problem over time rather than confronting it head-on, which is... Yeah. And, like, depending... You can go to the middle and beat the game at any time, so you could, like, beat two of the bosses, and then when you come there, you have to fight the remaining two. Um, so it was actually a very cool system. Yeah. Also, you How can build you... a town from the scratch-up. Yeah, too. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, like, an kind entire of. quest line. You don't, like, actually build build it, but, like, there's a whole quest line where you complete all the quests and you basically found a new town. Yeah, you, oh, go, awesome. find, you go find people in the world who, who end up building the town, but you're, like, recruiting all the people who do it. That's so cool. And you get to <laughs> see the progress as they work through it, which is fun. I love that. I, I guess, like, I would ask, where does this rank? Uh, and for you, for both you, I guess, at this point, in your, um, in the games that you've played in the franchise? Um, I'm, that's a tough question. I'm barely qualified <laughs> to answer that. <laughs> I've played a lot of the mainline games, um, and they all have something special about them. Uh, I finished Spirit Tracks. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> that's valid. Um... um pretty high yeah. uh, I it like it took a while to sell me on Breath of the Wild I think um, but it is it's very fun now Tears of the Kingdom is similar but different um, they took all the fun speed running things out of the game and you cannot beat it in 24 minutes anymore <laughs> at least Dang. that I know of <laughs> the Japanese are listening they know <laughs> So, I, I'd be curious to see if they made a third open world game. I think the, I kind of doubt they will. I need to I play more to of Tears up. of the Kingdom, but I think the one thing I currently want to see more of is, and we're seeing a little bit more in the tutorial area of Tears of the Kingdom, but like in Breath of the Wild, there's like the Guardians and this magic tech thing they had going, where it was like, oh. This was a technologically advanced society to a degree. I want to see that progression. Like, I want to see more done with the tech. Okay. You might. I don't know if the way in the way you're expecting. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to see what you think about that as you get farther in. So I guess, uh, I guess, my only other question, really, I guess, other than. I guess just true. Like so far, what do you think of the game overall? And what do you hope, where do you hope the franchise goes from here? My, my question before that is, uh, what do you think is the weakest in the Zelda series like, um, that you've played? Spirit tracks. Yeah. I might have to say spirit <laughs> tracks too. Dang. Spirit tracks is a good game, but it was, it was fun and cute, but it was a DS game where, your mode of trans... I don't know why they decided to go with trains, but they did. Yeah, so, a fun gimmick. It, like, it was their progression from 
uh, Wind Waker and um, Phantom Hourglass, where it's like, ah, we did oceans, now we're gonna do trains. <laughs> it's like, like boats, right. but different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks are generally considered the weakest, like, gameplay-wise, at the very least. Their stories are not bad. Um, but there are just some issues with the games. That's yeah. fair. I Phantom Hourglass is, Adventures the... is also considered pretty weak. Yeah, I don't know if I really count that as a main line. So maybe it's that is the, the worst one. <laughs> I saw the okay. I saw a picture of the timeline the other day and it counts, so That's fair. Four Swords Classic is also in the timeline. Um Dang. So I don't know. Yeah. Um as to where I hope they take it, I don't really know. I might be okay if they just stop making games, <laughs> to be honest. Which really? is weird to say about a franchise you love. But well, like It's gotta stop have... sometime done everything they wanted to do i don't know it seems like they have no interest in continuing the original stories maybe mm. that's just because they took the opportunity mm. to make a direct sequel but like i don't know if we'd ever get anything that fits in with like the timeline as we knew it before 2017 I... what was the last one i guess that was was like it like is it like uh twilight princess is that considered like one of the last like quote-unquote original Chronologically or yeah. release I guess, order? I guess like chronologically, like in terms of the um, the actual chronology, if we're talking about the consolidate everything, if there is a main, a unified main, I know there isn't a unified main timeline, but if we're talking oh, about the actual timelines. story, <laughs> yeah, if there's a, it's like the kid, it's the adult, and then so yeah, right, I'm pulling it like, up. it's child timeline, adult timeline, and then like the hero fails timeline. Where you die in Ocarina of Time and Ganon wins. Um, oh shit! What is part of the Hero Fails timeline? Um, A Link to the Past, the original Legend of Zelda, and the Legend of Zelda Two: Adventure of Link. Yeah, if the hero is defeated, it's A Link to the Past where Ganon is revived. And Link's Awakening. There are a lot Oracle of games of in the Doubtful timeline. Ganon is revived. Link's Awakening, mm. the Golden Era, and then Legend of Zelda: Ganon is revived, and Adventure of Link: Ganon's revival is prevented. Yeah, and then the child timeline—that's where like Wind Waker and the Phantom Hourglass come in, right? Or no? Uh, no, that's child like timeline, timeline is Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and Four Swords plus Hyrule Adventures. No. Uh, adult era is the Hero of Wind and New World, where Ganondorf is sealed away, but he is revived and then floods the world, and then you get Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks. That. That could be a fun game to do. That's a game people wanted for a while, is the story of Hyrule being flooded um, in wow. the adult timeline. But If you could, you know, if Nintendo came to you, John, and was like, uh, what would you, as a, as a dedicated fan, as a, as a true, one. like, follower, devotee of this series, like, you're the guy. Like, what would you want to see as this closing game to the series? Like, what would That's you... a lot of pressure. Yeah, I know. But they're asking you, so... <laughs> I mean, I, I might need to hold out till I see how Tears of the Kingdom ends, to be honest. That's fair. Um, to see if you could feasibly tell a story after that or not. I, I think they need to go the alternate reality route, which they were doing originally, and then 
when was it that people were like, we have to have a unified timeline? Probably around 2010. I yeah. think Skyward Sword did a lot of work. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was slightly before Skyward Sword. No, I think it was uh, Skyward Sword. Like that. Because that's the period. beginning. Like it doesn't matter what timeline that's in, because it's at the beginning. But that was like a hype period. Skyrim was coming out. Dark Souls was coming out. Uh, Skyward Sword was coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably third on that list in terms of popularity. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because before that, though, Legend of Zelda was just, oh, it's the Legend of Zelda, where Le Zelda, Link, and Ganon all constantly reincarnate and are going after the Triforce and have different adventures trying to get the Triforce. And that's that. Woohoo! I, I don't know, dude. I feel like, I mean, again, I'm not a, a huge devotee of the series necessarily, but like I, I feel like on a pop culture level, like Twilight Princess was pretty significant, you know what I mean, in terms of shaping that franchise's sort of like popular persona i feel mm. like a lot of people talked about that one i don't know yeah i mean the i'd say the big ones are ocarina of time mm -hmm. twilight princess if i had to pick two uh, it really all the uh all the quote-unquote 3d games um yeah how people usually classify them are really the the big ones ocarina of time less so majora's mask Ocarina of Time, mm. Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess are the, mm. like, big three. I was gonna say Wind Waker. Um, Wind Waker is such a cool... Like, that game yeah. looked so cool. Like, I remember... John, I remember coming over to your house and watching you play that on, uh, like, GameCube and stuff like that. I thought it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. I was like, I love that art style. I love, like, the, the world. Um, and it like, still that is, holds up. <laughs> does it really? 2001 still looks great today. <laughs> Wind Waker's from 2001? Yep. I'm pretty sure. Um, 2001 oh or 2002. Gosh. I had no clue. I thought it was like 2005 or something like that. That's insane. That's nope. not... No, I mean, it, it's oh. like, it's... It's 2002. It's, so it's the okay. very end of 2002, at least in North America. Oh, wait. 2003. March <gasps> 2003 in North America. Still, though, that's, I mean, 20 years old. Got you know. a nine point six out of ten in IGN. <laughs> oh, How much? Man. Nine point six out of ten. Damn. No, it's oh. I don't know. Phantom Hourglass is the only Zelda game that I have played, owned, and completed. So So you're one for one. That's I am one for one. I, I remember I had an immense amount of help from John and, and probably you a little bit, RJ. No, um, I promise you didn't. Maybe. <laughs> I promise you didn't. I, I remember asking John a lot for help in in, uh, in elementary school when I was playing that game. I I just thought it was like, uh, that had such a cool mechanic with like the ship and being able to customize it. You can go anywhere. Like it was just a cool kind of like feeling. And I still remember like that to me sticks out as one of the most satisfying endings to a game that i've played and granted like i haven't played a lot but like i just remember for some reason being very affected and like personally moved uh by the ending of that of that game um i don't know i i that's a series it's like uh to me i feel like it's like one that got away from me like it's one that i it's like so beautiful and just it's very rich and i kind of wish i'd gotten to know it like a little bit better um Why but at the same wait? time i 
this is true. I, I could indulge. I could get it. But it's one of those things, too, where it's like it's it's kind of like I feel like a part of the joy of that is it's having gotten into it from a certain age and following its uh, its development. It's one of the reasons why I like associate with like Halo so much to a degree because um, it's just mm. a game I remember being present from when I was young. But yeah. yes, uh, that's yeah, cool. A fair observation. Um, at work, we always talk about how everyone's favorite Halo game is the one that came out when they were twelve. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep, Halo Three, baby. What is your John? What is your favorite Zelda game? If you had to pick one, the first one I played was A Link to the Past. Okay, like that's like the first video game I beat. I think that alongside with Pokemon Emerald, they're wow. Game Boy Advance games. Um, so that'll always have a special place for me. Um, I don't know. Probably it, it's like kind of close between Wind Waker, um, Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. They all excel at different things. I'm wow. honestly surprised uh, the answer is not just Wind Waker. Yeah. Like just based on how I've known you all these years, like. Uh, Wind Waker also has issues like the open world is big and mostly empty because it's just ocean between islands but it is a magical game um surprisingly i don't really like ocarina of time all that much i was just gonna say i was surprised that ocarina didn't make it up on there that's uh i'm not surprised it It is is foundational it set up a lot of things but i don't know it's just old um it's also a little bit of a pain in the ass to play yeah which is it's old so it's kind of a pain to play (laughs) Um, which like I can't really hold against it too much because it was one of the first 3D games like ever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wait, did yeah? Because it did it. It had to come out at the same time period as. Did it come out before or after Mario 64? Um, uh, I think after, but not by much. Dang. Well. Oh, that was a really good discussion. Yeah, yeah I will nerd out about Zelda anytime. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. <laughs> I am a little unsure of Tears of the Kingdom right now because, like, there's some flashbacks to the very, very far past. Mm. Um, and none of it is, like, consistent with established lore. And <gasps> me being the big nerd I am is a little upset about that. But Ooh. we'll see how it pans out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it's able to kind of correct this wobble. Yeah. Um, Mario sixty four came out first. Yep. Dang. Okay. By two years. Oh damn. So, I guess not one of the first three D games ever, but but still three D Zelda at least. And our last segment, very brief this week, how to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question. Why is alcohol so widely socially acceptable? So much so that they're actually drinking cultures in many countries. It's because it's delicious. Um, at a certain point, yeah. I, I don't know why it's more so than other like mind-altering substances. Like I don't know why. I actually have an answer for that. Wouldn't be as like okay. I'd uh, like to know actually. My you... understanding of it is a due to cultural importance, right? Um, other mind-altering substances can be fun, but alcohol, due to impure water, 
was much more culturally just accepted because that was literally how they were getting their water intake. Um, their alcohol wouldn't necessarily be quite as strong as our current alcohol consumption. Uh, but it goes back to the same reasoning as to why, like, Europe has just such a more lax drinking culture and is much more like, oh, we're going to have lower alcohol, like, content drinks just throughout the day. Because literally, the peasants would be brewing beer because their well water was shit. Mm. And particularly as the population centers grew, the access to clean, fresh water was more restricted. But in the process of brewing and distillation, it was cleaning the water of contaminants. I think I remember hearing something like this before. I also believe it's probably the fact that um, alcohol just essentially being the byproduct of fermented wheat is just an older kind of it's a it's a cousin of a of one of our oldest um one of the oldest developed like agricultural products essentially and it, it's just kind of a natural sort of buddy uh with it like i think there's even like ancient egyptian or maybe even babylonian or like sumerian like hieroglyphics or something tablets that depict or de- or talk about how to ferment alcohol and all that so it's just been a part of of cultures for like a much longer um time i also think it's like it's probably the fact too that a lot of like more psychoactive um or mind-altering drugs like alcohol is like and maybe it's just the fact that we're used to it but like alcohol is uh yes like it does affect you but it I would say honestly, alcohol affects your body more than your mind. Those yeah. those like those other drugs like really affect your mental state, like mm-hmm. without really doing a whole lot physiologically. But alcohol completely shifts your frame of reference from a physical perspective. Um, I think and, it's like, also worth noting the sociological aspect of religious uh, icons and religious individuals in the community pre uh, widespread Christianity where particularly like pagan and things those would be the people who would be eating mushrooms and concocting strange brews and downing psychedelics so that they Mm -hmm. could commune with their gods yeah and like in certain cultures for sure and i i think as well like alcohol is held in in religions to be a sort of um it's funny because it's often it's it's equal parts both like reviled and beloved because it's kind of seen as like a way for human beings to if you balance it properly to sort of like tread in the firmament between like uh, the divine and, and the human, you know, because like you can feel pretty great. Um, you can feel almost uh, truly in a way like divine when you're having like a drink or two, but obviously then going overboard, you, you become totally base and, and utterly human or, or something even you know lower than that. So I think, um, I do think it's interesting. I was talking with a friend actually earlier uh, this evening about how I think it's kind of like sad that like for a lot of adults, like people can't come together in their waking lives and like blow off steam without the presence of something like alcohol. Although I understand because like so many of us, uh, you know, kind of just want like a relief from kind of like consciousness and sort of like an excuse in a, in a good way to sort of like let loose and it provides one that um, that really like works for us. Um, so I think like I think it's like kind of a little bit sad to a degree, but I also think it's just part of being a human being. And I will also say that obviously 
there are some you know sad parts to it but there are some pretty great parts too so i, I wouldn't totally dissuade it to get back to the question a little bit too yeah the drinking culture does not inherently mean chug 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 drinking culture is literally just the description of how people consume alcohol in that country so no matter what country you go to there's going to be a drinking culture it's just mm-hmm. what cult drinking culture are you in visualizing or seeing um the drinking culture of a frat house is going to be so much different than the drinking culture of france we also would literally would hope we literally pay people to stand behind a counter and give us alcoholic beverages this yeah. is this is true i mean they pay they 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 that's a a bartender is uh is universal uh in in most right. countries with a drinking culture but i mean yeah like right. i, I I'm just making the point, like, it's at that level of culture where it's, like, a respectable oh, occupation, you know? I see what you mean. Okay, okay, like, okay. I thought you were making, like, a distinction between Zoom. No, that makes no, yeah. no, no. But, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a bartender, you're, you know, that's that's 100% right. Like, a bartender is as ubiquitous in culture as to a degree of, like, a, like a religious figure, like a priest oh, or a police officer, you know? Like, no, more so, it's... Wisconsin adage. <laughs> the same number of bars as you have churches, you know. Oh yeah, you know. You can go to one. Well, you go to one. There's a person behind a table. They raise up a cup of wine. You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> it's Before uh, it's you day, know though, easy. With, like, uh, psychiatry and counseling, like your bartend, like your priest and your bartender would be your counselors. Like they would be your mental health help because you would confess your pro- your sins to the one, tell one the things you did wrong, and tell the other one what you need help with. That's that's very true. That's very very true. I think if it, if they were smart, um, priests would uh, would allow themselves to become bartenders. I don't know if that. Although I guess technically that's like spiritual entrapments. I guess like you can't. <laughs> You can't knowingly let people engage in a sin, uh, so I guess like they can't do that. But maybe those Trappist monks could. Hey, you want to drink too much alcohol? Get got. It's a hey. sin. You're going to hell, son. Yeah, gotcha. One helps you get your sins forgiven. The other one helps you commit them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know that's why we put the church right next to the bar because you can make mistakes and then you go to the other one. <laughs> you say you're sorry, and then you you got enough spiritual currency to drink again. You know, so uh-huh. all right. it's a, it's a recursive cycle. It's a beautiful way of life. <laughs> I think that answers the question. And with that, thank you both for joining this week. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting me rant about Zelda for probably half an hour. Whenever you, want to the cut, but... <laughs> Whenever you want to come rant about Zelda, we will give you all the airtime you want. Oh, hell yeah. We're starting a Zelda podcast, boys. Um, <laughs> yes! Uh, I'm going to learn so much! Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off yesterday. You can find them in iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our meme Mondays. Our Twitter is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. 
Telegram. <gasps> Telegram? Landshark. A what? Landshark. Is that like a sky bear? Um, I don't know. So I'm working through the t tutorial area. Are you winning? Have you committed any war crimes yet? I did not commit any war crimes, but the lake that's like just after the cock, the first car rock. Mm -hmm. I accidentally dropped three different sails to the bottom of the lake. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'll happen. I did not realize they would not respawn. So <laughs> I ended up having to basically just build a bridge. Hey. Multiple solutions, man. I think I may have skipped that lake. No, I skipped the one with the fans. That's a little later on. The uh, the fuse might be my new favorite thing. It is wild. <laughs> what you could do in this game. The first one I did was I took a stick and fused a great a rusty greatsword to it. So it's yes. a one-handed rusty greatsword. <laughs>